You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. This is episode 125, as always, hopefully as always. Joining you is me, Gandalf, and my two cohorts, Matt and N.W. Van Horn. Dude, can we, doing? can we please just go back to Nathan? Like, <laughs> It was never just Nathan to begin with. It was always Nathan Van Horn. Oh, yeah. Like, for the foundations of the earth. I, I know we use <laughs> N.W. jokingly, but like, we've seen me in real life. I have a large head. I don't want to. I don't want to literally or figuratively risk it being any bigger. <laughs> In fact, I think it says that on our website. I think it still says that you're he's really you big have brain. The, no, I think it literally says that he has the biggest head on the podcast. I think <laughs> that's what it says on the website. Which listener, you can check that if only you would go to our website, better than fiction where just above the description of Nathan's large head, you will find a form. <laughs> In which you can leave us some feedback, whether it be comments, praise, criticism, questions. We love all of it. We love receiving your feedback on our website. And then after you do that, if you have not already, please subscribe to this podcast. That way you receive a notification every Tuesday morning when we discuss another 30 minutes of the grand biblical narrative. Um, It shocks me. It shocks me consistently, like how many people listen like that are on episode 125 that have been listening for two years who are not subscribed. And yet that's what the metrics say. Like the metrics say that there's a large group of people who are like every single week, not getting a notification instead, like manually typing in the name of the podcast Hmm. to listen and then not hitting the check Mark, even though I literally say it every, every single week. So I don't know if there's a reason listener, you do you, but I would advise that you do that. Just, to save yourself the trouble of having to type it in. Think about what you could have accomplished in your life and with the time you would have saved of not having to type in the name of this very long podcast into the search bar every single time. All wow. right, I'll get off my I'll get off my high horse now. Get, can I oh. say one other thing in celebration of the pos- podcast? Oh, is that we have had, by God's good graces, a massive uptick in female listenership. Yes. Which is incredible. In fact, there was a category that we really, really, really struggled with for a long time. And that was essentially uh, 28 to, let's see, is it 28 to 34? 28 to 34 women. Uh, women. And then also 35 to 44. Uh, now, almost half of that category of 35 to 44 are female, which previously it was a very low percentage. And now 28 to 34 year olds is dominantly listened to uh, with uh, our female audience. And so it's our second largest demographic. It, yes, it is so very much encouraging uh, to have all our new female listeners. So thank you. Thank you for uh, being a part. And it's a great encouragement to us. Hopefully they, they, they were just here blessing. for Caitlin, though. 
Like that, <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. They, they just they were just they they thought Caitlin was going to be a permanent part of the podcast, and now they're very disappointed. Oh goodness! <laughs> and 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 they still doesn't include Haley or Andrea. <laughs> oh my that, goodness! It goes with it goes without saying at this point, but I'll say it anyway. So, so I will go ahead and say this and go on the record. And of course, I know you all agree with me. The secret power of Christianity, and of course, uh, I'm assuming first and foremost. Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. But one of the the secret powers of Christianity through the ages, beginning really with the gospel of Luke forward, has been women. And it has been, uh, the faith has been propagated by women for centuries upon end. And so I, I just, I'm so grateful for all the, the ladies in our life and in the faith. And I'm glad they're a part of this conversation. That, that's actually that actually touches on the text that we're going over today, right? That's right. Um, well, and, uh, I, I was going to say that captures for me um, uh, one of the early critics of Christianity, probably regarded as the first reasoned critic of uh, Christianity, um, was uh, a, a pagan philosopher by the name of uh, Celsus, um, and he um, he makes the critique that. Uh, and uh, sell, uh, against Celsus 344, uh, uh, Christians show uh, they want and are able to convince only the foolish, dishonorable, and stupid, only slaves, women, and little children. Uh, mm. to, to your point, like in the early centuries of the Christian faith, a large percentage of people converting to the faith um, and serving in the faith were women, especially upper-class uh, women, mm-hmm. uh, like you think of Domitian's sister Domitilla, the Domitilla catacombs. That's, mm-hmm. That was a rolling point that, of course, I camped on because I have a big head. <laughs> no, but uh, no, that that point is. Well this taken. is what happens when you say NW. This is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> but we do want to get into the text today, and it is concerning uh, a woman. It's interesting. Uh, it's not the only char- character it concerns, but. The Abraham arc has never is never going to end, as we've talked about, but the Abraham center stage part of this story has now closed, and we're moving on to Isaac, and verse 19 says that. We have another one of these, uh, these are the generations of, uh, we, we talked about that way back in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 4, these are the generations, uh, and of course all the genealogies as well. Well, now we get here to Isaac, and I'm going to read today. And I'm just going to read Genesis chapter 25, verses 19 through 27. Does that work for everybody? Works for me. Sure. Okay, sure. You said it like uncertainly. Is is that a little too much reading or should I back off a little bit? No, no. I was just thinking about how you can say that I, that I didn't have to read every genealogy passage and you're technically reading one, but it doesn't have all the begats in it. it, it yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, like this I, is low-hanging fruit, Nathan. I, I feel the bait and switch <laughs> happening, and I listen to this differently than most of our listeners, but that's okay. I'm jaded. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's right. Don't okay. mind me, big head, single initial guy in the background. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Genesis 25, verses 19 through 27, as always from the English Standard Version. These are the generations of Isaac. Abraham's son. Abraham fathered Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean, to be his wife. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife, 
because she was barren, and the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. The children struggled together within her, and she said, If it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, the older shall serve the younger. When her days to give birth were completed, behold, they were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy cloak. So they named his name, they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. All right. Mm. This reminds me immediately of the Taylor Swift song, I Knew You Were Trouble When You Walked In. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, did, did you? Was it Saturday? Did you go uh, this weekend, by the way? My oh, daughter, absolutely, dude. My daughter I, I, did. I, 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 uh, Gandalf had the hookup, man, on that concert. Oh, I did. My daughter's, uh, nice. one of her good friends took her as a part of that child's birthday, so that was a neat experience. How about for them. that? I'm, I'm I'm just telling y'all I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give details. But I'm just telling y'all the power player on this podcast is the G man. It's Gandalf man. Uh, Gandalf cut that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I did want to say since I didn't read the genealogy today, not that Matt did either. Um, that's um, that's that's hilarious. I'm not petty. Um, I I did want to say again we say this all the time, but. Man, you see a lot of stuff here that reminds you and anchors in what we've already read. Um, I, so a couple things. Um, Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. Can you imagine that conversation? Like Rebecca's just come from her country. She, you know, they're they're living and she can't have kids. Um, and Isaac prays to the Lord for her to be able to conceive, and she's like, "Man, are you sure that's going to work?" And and Isaac's like. Trust me. He's like, yeah, <laughs> trust me. Yeah. Like, this, um, is, this is a thing in our family. It, it's also neat to me. I hit this with Abraham's story. I also want to hit it with Isaac's story. Abraham's story is all about the crescendo toward uh, the birth and potential sacrifice of Isaac, right? 21 and 22. Isaac's story does not feature a whole lot of uh, action from Isaac. Isaac right. is mainly in this story as the father of Jacob and Esau. You don't have the extended Isaac narratives that you did with uh, Abraham and that you're going to have with Jacob and then with Joseph. Um, and Nathan, you saying that, this is how the New Testament, I'm thinking Hebrews 11, that it doesn't have a lot to say about Isaac either. The emphasis is on Abraham and Jacob or Abraham, Jacob, and Esau. Uh, there's just not a whole lot to say. Um, yeah. Um uh, you're you're talking about uh, by faith uh, in Hebrews eleven twenty by faith Isaac invoked future blessings 
uh, on Jacob and Esau, right? That's right. That, like, that's that's, right. that's it. That's all. That's all Isaac gets. <laughs> um, uh, other uh, other other words. Uh, in other words, other than that, Isaac is something of a passive agent yeah. in the story. Um, right. of of whom it is said, eighteen through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Um, yeah. uh, but it's really focusing, and it goes right back to Abraham after saying that. Um, so yeah, uh, that that's interesting to me. Um, uh, another thing that is interesting to me is the whole two brothers thing that we have seen and we're going to keep seeing. This is right after again we talked about, um. Isaac and Ishmael being there together at the burial of Abraham. But the two brothers thing goes all the way back to where? Oh, well, the first uh, two Cain brothers. Yeah, Cain, Cain and Abel. And, and in each of the iterations of two brothers, um, you know, telling, reading the story the Bible is telling, in each of the iterations of the two brothers, you're, you're going to see um, room for not just discord between the brothers, but discord between the descendants. Uh, Isaac and Ishmael, uh, Cain, you know, so right after the Cain and Abel story, you have Seth and then you have the genealogies that come from those sons, right? Mm. Uh, I, Isaac and Ishmael, they both have a genealogy, the people that come from those sons. We'll keep seeing this. Remember, you're reading Genesis while you're living the Exodus. Mm. Um, uh, two sons, uh, right? Um, one, one will give, uh, I, I, this, this happens a couple of ways because sometimes, um, not even just the two sons things, but, but bear with me, God's people will be divided in two. Um, so like, uh, you're in the wilderness and you send 12 spies into the land. How do they separate? 10 spies give an unfavorable report and two spies give a favorable report. Uh, which is probably why they send two spies the second time under Joshua instead of twelve, and that would <laughs> that would have been a lot of people for Rahab to hide. What? Um, by the way, why is the ten and two split there? What will happen when the kingdom splits under Rehoboam? How will the how will mm. the split happen? It'll be a ten two split, right? Uh, like yeah. you're you're seeing you're seeing patterns. Um, you're seeing patterns. Form fast forward by the way to the New Testament when Jesus is uh, and the Pharisees and scribe. Um, have a problem not so much with Jesus's message about grace, but certainly some of his audience. And so Jesus tells three parables in succession. Uh, a shepherd had a hundred sheep, a woman had ten coins, and then a man had what? Two sons. Two sons. Ding, ding, ding. Like, there. Uh... <laughs> he who has ears to hear is hearing right. some Old Testament notes. Uh, in this, uh, so I, the, the two sons thing. Anytime, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, in terms of uh, devices that keep coming up, tropes in the biblical story. Um, anytime you see two sons, pay attention. And I, I'm reminded because you're talking about uh, Old Testament references in the New Testament. I'm thinking of Romans nine. I just had a conversation with someone just yesterday, as a matter of fact, and we were just discussing various things that I mentioned offhandedly that um, our soon-to-be overlords, AI, just uh, affirms in Romans 9 that the meaning of Romans 9 is talking about the big thing about God hating Esau and loving um, loving Jacob. So I, just, I think that's kind of interesting. I think that's kind of interesting here. Uh, the, and, the, and just like that, Gandalf introduced a multi-episode discussion. <laughs> that's, that's right. Uh, cause, cause so this, you're saying... Uh, Go ahead, Matt. 
you're saying that the this this AI is taking the the more classically reformed position that Romans nine is regarding two individuals, God choosing Jacob for salvation, but God choosing you know Esau for reprobation or damnation. You're saying yeah, that's, exactly. In fact, exactly. Uh, in fact, you actually sent me the the clip. Do you still have that? The, what, yes, I what, do. What As- chat? Is it Chat GPT it's or chat, whatever? It's Chat GPT. I will I will read it here for you. It's fact. It's so, it says, at some point, people are going to accuse us of laziness and, and allege that uh, <laughs> the content for the podcast is generated by AI, and this will be what they stand on to lynch us all. That's okay. Well, that and the that and that one uh, Use, that episode description that we wrote one time using AI. Oh, that wasn't even us. Oh yeah, that too. And when you had our voices but, done by AI. Yeah. Okay. Right. So apparently, yeah. Okay. The rumors are so, true. But, <laughs> so I mean, what is, is inter- this what does AI this say is... about Romans nine? I'm very curious. This, this is what this is what AI says about Romans nine. God chose Jacob over Esau before they were even born and had done anything good or bad. This supports the reformed doctrine of unconditional election, which teaches that God chooses His people based on His sovereign grace and not on any inherent qualities or actions of the individual. Dude, AI so. is Calvinistic. I knew it. I just knew it. <laughs> well, I mean, we can't argue with that. That's AI. I mean, <laughs> you can't argue. Who are you to talk back to the algorithm? Um, I, <laughs> the ter- subscribe. The terminate. This is how the Terminator picked Sarah Connor. Um, <laughs> she she, she, she questioned oh. Chat GT. No, so like I, it is way too big a can of worms to uh, engage in its me. entirety. But I think we can um, talk about it specifically yeah. with the way this t- passage touches on it. But, but I, I do, yeah. I want to touch on at least one point, regardless of what we mean by election. Um, I got this from my dad. I mean that God can do whatever He wants, whenever He wants, to, for, with, against whomever he wants without threat of meaningful opposition. God, God uh, it, can do, God can do whatever. <laughs> yeah. In East Tennessee, we just say God's in charge. God's in charge. Matt, <laughs> man, I need some of that East Tennessee. Consi- Matt, I literally, I was talking to someone. I don't even know if they know you personally. I think they, they're familiar with you, but I, I was talking to someone. They asked me a question and I gave them my answer. And I was like, Matt would have said this, and it was like real short to the point and answered where I would have landed anyway. And I was like, gosh. <laughs> um, but anyway, but the the whatever we mean by election, whatever your views on Calvinism and all that stuff, the one thing that I want to hit uh, on the chat GPT thing is the word individuals. Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm not I'm not sure there's ever a time in the biblical narrative where Jacob or Esau ever have the luxury of being only individuals. Uh, but before, yeah. So before you do that, can I, can I just maybe for helpful purposes, just read the portion of Romans nine that this is talking about? Yeah, go for it. Uh, go for Romans it. nine. Uh, this is Romans nine, uh, verse number 10 beginning there. Not only that, but Rebecca's children, okay, you see where this is picking up. This is our story for today. Were conceived at the same time by our father Isaac. Yet before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad, in order that God's purpose in election might stand, not by works, but by him who calls, she was told, The older will serve the younger, just as it is written. 
Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. So chat GPT is taking this and saying, listen, God's placing his saving graces on Jacob and he's placing Esau under reprobation is the word there, or putting him under damnation for his own sovereign purposes uh, because he's in charge. That well, That's what chat GPT is saying. And and hearing but, you read Romans, a lot of our listeners are saying, "Well, where was where was old big headed N W coming from with his uh, non individualistic take on all this?" But <laughs> I think this is what I would say: is why don't we read Genesis first? Because the the very ding, name ding, ding. Genesis <laughs> means the beginning. Yeah. So why don't we start with Genesis? Start where this starts, and and just see, um, uh, you know, if this is making the best sense of this. So Nathan, take us back to Genesis and help us yeah, understand. So, Actually, before you do that, Gandalf, do you yeah. see something in Genesis that would lend itself towards more the corporate reality of nations or individuals? Is it... Well, I mean, it, it, it says, like, straight str- straight from, from God, it says two nations are in your womb. Well, there's, uh, well, there's that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And and, yeah. and and even in the very next line, synonymously, and two peoples, not two persons, two peoples from within you shall be divided. Mm. Uh, the, the, the one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. Can um, I just say one more thing about that phrase before you get go? Because I, I do want you to unpack that for us. It, divided here. The last time this word is used, or the first time for sure that it's used oh, in the Bible. Oh, there it do is. Y'all, do y'all know? Do y'all know? No, I don't. Genesis chapter two, verse number a river, ten. A river went out. I was going to say it, a river went out from Eden to water the garden. From there, it, it was, divided. It was a good thing that was divided to create more good things. But you, you uh, and man, there are some big. It important, was not choosing one good one, one bad one. Yeah, and but I mean, you have so many important uh, instances. Where uh, parath uh, is is used for right. uh, divide, like you have this in Genesis thirteen, where Abraham and Lot separate. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, I mean, there's so so many. Oh, like, we, man, that could have been an episode. Um, I feel like I feel like my brother. I, I want to leave Ben hanging. Ben's always saying, "Move faster, Ben." If you wouldn't, you know, if you wouldn't goad us over that all the time, maybe we would have given you a a divide episode. But now you're not going to have it. No, oh, wow. That's a cold game, man. That's a cold game. Uh, but hey, what can I say? I'm taking my sibling rivalry cues from the text. Um, yeah. That's good. And that's and good. and now his descendants and my descendants are going to have issues. Um, <laughs> no, so yeah, I, I do like um, the, you see it right out of the gate in Genesis. He, uh, again, it's, it's why, it's why, the birth of Jacob and Esau doesn't just come after Isaac and Ishmael. It comes after the genealogies attached to them mm. because it's never just a name. It's the peoples that that are in view. Uh, kind of Matt's point of the division of the river, the children struggled. If the, if the children struggled together within her, what does that suggest about their descendants? Are they all going to get along all the time? Yeah. That's uh, pro- probably, probably not. In fact, you know, it's it's. I'm, there's no spoiler alert in this. By the end of this chapter, it's amazing how much is in chapter Genesis 25. By the end of this chapter, Esau will have despised his birthright, and then Isaac and then uh, will later uh, 
steal the blessing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, not Isaac. I'm no, sorry, no, no, Jacob. No. Jacob, Jacob will, will steal Jacob the will steal the blessing uh, in Genesis 27. But what does Esau, in addition to despising his birthright, what does Esau do of his own volition that Isaac doesn't do? Well, we're not there yet, but are you talking about marrying the two Canaanite wives? Ding, ding, ding. That's it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and, and again, right after a really long chapter about where Isaac got his wife. Like, you see what, mm-hmm. like, it's bringing, the, it's bringing the importance of that into play. Um, I also want to highlight that when pa- Paul is referring back to Genesis, certainly— in Romans 9, but he's not quoting from Genesis. Where is where is he quoting from? He's quoting from the book of Malachi. And it's it's interesting in Malachi, it's it's abundantly clear that God's not dealing with simply the election of individuals. Again, whatever we mean by that, um, it's it's understood overtly as corporate language. If I have loved you, says the Lord, and that's plural you in the Hebrew, but you, plural, say how have you loved us? Plural. Is not mm-hmm. Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord. Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau have I, I have hated. I have laid waste to his hill country and left his heritage to jackals of the desert. If Edom, this is Esau's the people. The descendants of Esau are called Edom. But it's a nation, right? If mm-hmm. Edom says, we are shattered, but we will rebuild the ruins, the Lord of hosts says, they, plural, may build, but I will tear down, and they will be called the wicked country and the people with whom the Lord is angry forever. Your, plural, own eyes, plural, shall see this, and you, plural, shall say, great is the Lord beyond the border of Israel. Mm. Paul is dealing with more than individuals. That's that's a big deal. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, whatever else is going on in Romans 9 through 11, and, and man, the good news is in about 35 years, you'll get to hear my take on it in uh, in real time Right. when we get there. If, so if Nathan, there. to repeat back to you, what you're saying is that in Romans 9, if you're tying it into Genesis and you're looking at the story and you're also taking into consideration Malachi 3, it doesn't mean necessarily God is looking at two babies in utero and saying, I really love this one and I hate this one. No. And and I would say part of Paul's point, you know, gosh, to, to put my Romans cards on the table a little bit, part of Paul's point in, um, uh, in Romans nine is again, it's not that the, dis- Paul's struggle in Romans nine is not that the descendants of Esau are seemingly cut off, it's that the the descendants of Jacob aren't believing the gospel, right? And so Paul 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 comes straight out and says, "Hey, it's not though the word of God has failed." Um, uh, that's that's huge uh, because he uses the same word in Romans three that Israel, Jacob's descendants, were entrusted with the oracles, the 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 logoi. <laughs> the so, sa- he uses but, the same Greek word. Uh, another the, thing that the words which me. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no. Well, the, uh, Finish your thought, and then I'll say something. Yeah, so he's saying that the promises and plans that God entrusted to the descendants of Jacob have not failed, even though, ironically, many of Jacob's descendants have not come to believe the gospel. And and he makes this big statement, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. Who is Israel? Jacob. Israel is, yeah, Israel is Jacob, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring, but through Isaac shall your offspring. Man, that's bringing the Isaac Ishmael stuff, right? 
man, this is, this mm. is, this is, this is so story driven, uh, uh, grounded in what God has revealed already. Um, the so. other thing is that taking the whole love language of just saying God loves this one, hates this one, um, and speaking of babies in the womb before they're born, and that's just, it's interesting that it's kind of like taking the, in some ways, the missteps from the story of Genesis of, for instance, Isaac loving Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebecca loved Jacob. It, or or saying it, to Abraham, take your son, your only unique son, your son whom you love. It's not that he's apathetic to Ishmael. <laughs> That's right. It's um, not, yeah. It's, so it's, it's, I think though, it's, it's, it's oversimplifying the love of God and putting it almost in human terms because the whole, I love this one, not that one, or I love this one more than that one, uh, as, as opposed to, I guess the way I would say it is like, look, this is how I have loved you. And for this is the purpose for the purpose of election. This is this is that's how I would say the use of Romans nine. Well, is and, best put together. and 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 again, this is not entirely the same thing, but similar. If any man comes to me, and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. That's right. Luke Luke it's fourteen not... twenty six. Is is Jesus really calling you to hate those people, or is he talking about? A comparative prioritization and loyalty, and right. um, who who do you make your who do you make your who is the priority around whom you make your present steps and future plans? So um, made it to try um, to to put a a packaging bow on this a little bit, and you all please correct me if this is not clear enough or it's so. We didn't really talk a whole lot about election, but I think what we're trying to say here is that God's love of Jacob is God's choosing of Jacob to use Jacob for his specific purposes, God's, and that those are very merciful and good purposes, and that he did not choose Esau in these ways to be this great object of mercy to the world because remember, Jacob is taking upon the blessing that Abraham received. That Remember Genesis chapter 12, that I'm going to bless you and all the world is going to be blessed through you. That's what Jacob is going to be taking, that, that promised blessing of yeah. Abraham and carrying that out. And salvation is from the Jews. Yes, because the whole world has come to salvation through Christ, a descendant of Jacob. So I, I think that and that may not be just overtly uh, clear to everyone, but I, I think it's worth chewing on. I, I, yeah, I, I would just yeah. say this. However, you understand Romans 9 through 11 at bare minimum wrestle with this. When Paul was looking for what terms to use and how to use them, he not only used New Testament words, he used New Testament words grounded in the story of Genesis 25 and the appropriation of that story in Malachi chapter 1. So I think we're on firmer grounding when we when we walk through Paul's steps with him. Uh, Gandalf, you just had this talk yesterday with a friend. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Um, well, 
listen to episode listen to episode one twenty five of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. <laughs> that exactly, that's exactly my thoughts because I didn't I didn't intend this to turn into a, a multi episode thing, but it sounds like we have more to say on this passage. So I, we're already in overtime as it is. Oh, so I'm okay. going to go ahead. So and, it's that. So yeah. tune in next week. Yeah, so listener, if you want to hear part two and hear um, these pastors dig themselves a deeper hole, then why don't you subscribe (laughs) to the Best Fiction Bible Podcast? And we'll be here next week, every Tuesday, and every Tuesday morning, discussing another 30 minutes of this beautiful, epic, biblical narrative. So until then, we'll see you. Until then, uh, have a good one. See you next time. Shalom. Great episode. I loved it.